This is Bendix, the Tomorrow People. What is the magic that makes one's eyes sparkle and gleam, light up the skies? The name of the game is Lightworks. Welcome back to another episode of Split Check, the podcast. If you haven't already, please like, subscribe, and also follow the Split Check page on Instagram at the Split Check. Today's episode is a really special one as I decided that I needed to interview my partner, Josh Demilza. He's been a server, bartender, and manager of restaurants in the past. We will be diving into topics such as how we met, more celebrity sightings, working in a casino, how the pandemic has affected our relationship, and Josh talks about working in a restaurant that sounds like it's straight from the depths of hell. I'm your host, Brock James, and you are listening to episode seven of Split Check. Enjoy. Damn, son, where'd you find this? Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Split Check. And Josh, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. I've been meaning to have you on. He's been asking me, he's like, when are you going to have me on the show? When are we going to do this? Like I said in the intro, this is my boyfriend, you guys. Someone very special, near and dear to my heart. Hey. <laughs> and I was going to give you your time in the sun. I just didn't want people to think that this was a cop out. I didn't want them to be like, you can get him anytime. Like, that's that's stupid. Um, but he has worked in customer service. Um, mm-hmm. And to get this started, um, I wanted to go into how we actually met. For the listeners, me and Josh actually met on an app. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily call it a dating app because I wasn't on there looking for dates, <laughs> I'll say. But I did come across this this guy's profile and I was like, oh, he's, he's kind of cute. I'm here for it. Um, yeah, we can hang out. And he came over maybe like an hour later. And as soon as I saw him, I was like, damn, he's sexy. So my question to you is, what do you think about me? <laughs> well, you're always mad about this because I said I thought you were like some thick Latino guy. <laughs> no, but that's not what he said. What he said was a thick Mexican man. No, I never said that. <laughs> yes, you did. Also, I'm Latino. Why would I say that? I don't know. <laughs> okay, anyway. I don't know. But anyways, I thought he was super <laughs> sexy. Uh, we start hanging out. We're smoking. We're listening to music. And then we start getting to know each other. And from this is when I find out that we have something... We actually have two things in common now that I think about it. Um, first off, we went to school for journalism. Mm-hmm. And we both worked at hotels at the time. Two completely different hotels. We were doing two completely different things. But I know that this is going to segue into, you know, the fact that you also had other customer service jobs. So let's start with that. Um, before I even knew who you were, um, where was like one of the first jobs that you started at? Mm-hmm. Well, I did start in fast food. I did it in high school uh, briefly, but then summer after college, uh, freshman year, I started in a restaurant. It was a chain that's pretty basic, but everybody would know it. <laughs> um, but it was right next to a, a, a big movie theater in the area. So we would always get like groups of people. And honestly, the customers there really weren't that bad. Um, it was more like the other coworkers. And it's so funny how in restaurants you have people from such huge disparities in age. Like you have young people just trying to like, you know, have some extra spending money. And then you have older people who've done it for decades, literally decades. And it's just so funny. Like I really wouldn't 
interact too much with the customers. Obviously, if I was a host, I could literally still answer the phone like I used to back in the day too. Like, hi, this is so-and-so, home of the $5 classic cocktails and blah, blah, blah. Like you had to recite all this stuff. Um, but the the other coworkers, I remember this one lady, she used to come back in the back like hysterical. Be like, I can't fucking take this anymore. And like throw all her plates and shit like in the dish pit, like throw them make like such a huge scene and i'm over here like heisman on you hoes right and i'm like 19 and my little like like my all black get up and i'm just like what is going on here like it's not that bad granted now i get why she was probably on one every single day with these uh people so the only thing i can really think of ruby to or <laughs> Um, so do Ruby Tuesdays thing. even exist anymore, though? And this is the thing with my last episode. <laughs> yeah, so I have, I have like a track record for going to places and they go bust afterwards, I guess. Because one of the fast food places I worked at is not doing too well either. Oh, really? Um, okay, because this is the thing in my last episode was I usually on this podcast, I try to keep it respectful and I try not to say the names of places. Um, but my friend was like, oh, the place don't even exist anymore. So we can talk as much shit as we want. So I'm like, you know, if I haven't seen a Ruby Tuesday, days um okay, <laughs> in forever so, so yeah talk this? your shit the, 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 the restaurants whatever the hotels let's keep we'll keep them anonymous um so anyway uh yeah ruby tuesday it's where it was they had bomb croutons when i tell you they're the best <laughs> croutons i ever had in my life if anybody's eaten there they know they're like crunchy on the outside but once you like they melt in your mouth they're so soft i used to just like pop them in every 15 minutes when they weren't watching i don't even know like they even, I probably, they probably caught my ass because at some points they had me like refilling the, um, the, the bar where you get your salad, the salad bar. The salad bar? Yeah. They used to put me on those shifts. They're probably like, oh, you like the crouton so much. Might as well get your ass working on there. Um, but besides that, the customers, they're just like really, I guess this is more like a Pennsylvania thing too, but they really like come in for the coupons. Like they will come in with their coupons expired like two months ago, insist to get them honored. And you know, the, the, the freaking managers, the managers there would just like roam around and schmooze literally the entire shift. They didn't do anything. Like if maybe the one thing they would do to help you was like give like swipe their card for you. Like they didn't do anything there besides like schmooze people. I just got a flashback of broad that episode of Broad City when she's like, Bed Bath and Beyond coupons never expire. <laughs> That's like literally exactly how it was there and my next job, which we'll get to. But that was the one thing, like I just remember vividly, like this old lady would come in like every single month, like on a Tuesday, and with the it's always with expired and always with an expired coupon. And luckily I was in a server, so I didn't have to deal with that. But I get why people would uh pop off i guess so that was like my little dabble into the restaurants and then after that my sister felicia actually she's the one that started um getting me into this because she was a server um at johnny rockets and i would just see her come home with wads of cash i'm talking like she'd just dump her wallet out and be like oh can you count my cash i made the last few days and it'd be like 600 something bucks and i'm like especially back then i'm like a broke college student i'm like where can i get that kind of money like right i ain't, I ain't where can i get that, that kind of money today i ain't making that being a reporter like in the middle of kentucky like i don't know where they do that but she kept always coming home with wads of cash and i'm like all right i need something i was done with college i was back home like i need something so 
I'll try to f- work it out. I've never been a server before. I've only done like that host job, but I felt like I was really competent. Always wanted to be a server, just never was given an opportunity. Like I think the last one they knew, oh, he's going to go back to college. We don't need to train him. So they never gave me a chance, even though I was like, I'm legit. Trust me. But they were like, <laughs> oh, we ain't, we ain't spending time on you in training. So there I got the interview from her and I got the job, which was my first serving job. I was really excited. Um, like I actually really wanted to like interact with people. I thought I was really good at you know the the job oh no the bright-eyed and bushy-tailed new server we've all been there we've all been that person and we visited her a couple times too i was like i could totally do this and you know i see like the the people there are just so low energy and like hate the world and just so negative i'm like i could run laps around them and make coin and i was right i mean yeah it was hard at first but i adjusted my sister actually taught me everything i knew she's a great server she's solid she knows everything about it I mean, she's been there, I think, too, since she was 16. So that was like her first like real uh, restaurant job. And she was there for like five years. That's some good ass money for a 16 year old. My first job was at a Toys R Us making $6.50 an hour. I worked part time. I think I worked maybe like two or three days a week. I was happy if my checks were 80 bucks. Like that to me was balling. Same. I remember once in a while I'd get a check for like 150 and I'd be like, oh, my God, I'm so like for two weeks and be like, I have money. Oh my I God. worked at a Hollister uh, at the mall for two years, by the way. And I mean, this is when I lived at home with my parents, so I wasn't paying bills. But my biggest check was four hundred dollars. Man, I thought I was like Richard Branson or somebody. <laughs> like You couldn't back tell then. me no, back then. You couldn't tell me nothing. Yeah, back then. That's a lot. But yeah, she I mean, she worked part time in high school, but then full time, um, like in the summer and stuff. And yeah, she would always have money. I mean, she always spend it, but she always had money. (laughs) And she just really, back to the job, she just really taught me well. She trained me. It was really funny too when I was like shadowing her. She's like... Um, and this is my trainee he's actually my brother and then they call it like the stupidest jokes like I remember I used to have like big ass earrings I think they actually fell out just now like over the past week but I had these big ass earrings I remember somebody was like oh uh are you, is he getting punished because he got the big earrings for Christmas? Like stupid stuff like that. People like always like crack jokes and stuff, but she really did like, she taught me so well. I know <laughs> people, but she really did teach me well. And I was like, you don't really think about it when it's something like a burger place, but if you have that turnover and people are just coming and going, like you can make money quickly. And I was really good at it. And it just, it just wears you down. Like I was the most positive like outgoing like cheerful employee and after that like they ran through me like one of the things that I would um that would drive me nuts is there you get to do everything you're not just a server you are um like you make milkshakes you make fried food and stuff I don't know why the cooks couldn't do that you'd also cook uh tip them out which is a whole nother story what um, the heck <laughs> yeah. what kind of restaurant what kind yeah, of business I, model is that it was so stupid and you're literally like so so you're like doing five things at once and then not only that you don't have a host so people either are doing being fair or they're just like taking a ton of tables like it is so all over the place so you're doing everything you have to run your own food and then on top of that it was like supposed to be every 30 minutes but every so often when certain songs would come on you have to drop every single thing you're doing even if you're like mid-conversation with somebody and then start like singing and dancing and not only that be like super enthusiastic 
Now I was, I'm a dancer. I used to do um, spirit leading and I was just like made for something like that. So I was being, you know, super extra and over the top. Extra, extra, read all about it. (laughs) Headass, yes, that was me. And like doing all the moves full out and everybody's just like, I don't understand how you do it. Like this place sucks. And it really does. It was the worst. Like they would have people, like I said, I was in a casino. So they would have charter buses full of old white people (laughs) coming. And they would be like, Uh, I know the type. They'd be like sitting there and uh, it was so funny. Like even when they come and go, there's flocks of them just sitting in the little um, food court right next to us. So it was funny too, at Johnny Rockets, we were one of the cheapest options at the casino. So we would get all the cheapskates and the people who had like, you get money for playing on your card but you couldn't tip because you weren't owned up by the casino. So I think they would come there like knowing they didn't have to tip because they couldn't on their card and be like, oops, I don't have any cash on me. Like, oh, you just conveniently thought that. So getting stiff multiple times a day was very frequent there. And so that was one thing. And then the free breakfast sandwiches, they would give out coupons for people to get free breakfast sandwiches to come in and you know sometimes you get good money off of that they pay like for a coffee and that's it and then you get like a tip and usually say two dollars here five dollars there for a few hours you make decent money but they would be so crazy and demanding and like insist that you're wrong about something um and like demand more free stuff for their literally free <laughs> order already like, more free stuff or like this had this on it like i remember one time i used to write every single little thing down now later on in my serving years i i got better and didn't have to do that but for years i would write down every single thing so i could be like here's the receipts bitch like you thought you said that but you didn't like one time someone said like i will bet my son's life that i said ham and i wrote it down and said like bacon and sausage i'm like well i wrote down right here as you said but sure if you want to bet your son's life on that and i just walked away that place was so funny too it was open like almost the entire day and i used to work mostly nights and overnight so that'd be like from 6 p.m to about 3 or 4 a.m so you would get the craziest people on like saturday nights loaded um but not in their wallets. <laughs> um, a lot of them, you know, one unfortunate thing is you see a lot of people like gambling a good amount of money away. So a lot of people are like nasty or like didn't have a good night and they just take it out on you. And it's like 2 a.m. And you're like, oh my God, I have like two more hours left of this. And the one thing that was like the, one thing that was really funny, someone left me like a love note and napkin like this lady like wrote down her number like three separate times on the same napkin it was like a novel so you get like funny stuff like that too but for the most part it was really nuts and I remember one time um someone came in and she just started saying like all this crazy shit she's like do you know so and so and it had to be like my my best friend at the time in high school and she was like oh yeah well she's a slut and she fucked my man and this and that and she's poor and ugly and this and that and like she's a bitch and like at this point Ma'am, I just are you want gonna to order like, something <laughs> like, do and you, so you where something? I worked too I would so the sections would be by basically by ability so like the really good servers would get either the counter so that would be like 12 seats on a countertop and then you get like three booths 
because if you didn't, then you might not make like any money. So you got yeah, the yeah. boost two. Then I remember front four, they called it. That was like right in the front. So that would be most people that would, you know, you get the most tables and you have like the shitty tables that was called the thirties. And you had the back, which is like pretty much overflow most days, but it was busier than people would have bigger sections in the back. Mm-hmm. So anyway, she was standing there at the counter and I would just want to go over and snatch her like ugly, like brassy blonde weave and just like bring her over the counter and like her her ass. but I had to just take it I literally went to security and I was like this lady causing problem there was like people everywhere it's just you know it's a was Saturday she, night was she screaming this or was she just talking yes. to you no 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 oh so she's like and this she, bitch she must have went to her profile saw me on it clicked on it and saw where I worked and came to my job and it was like degrading me in this this and that about her and she was like uh, towards the end she's like I'm sure you're a nice person but she's this and that and this and that and I'm like I don't care what drama you guys have or what she did but to go to somebody's job where they're like defenseless and what am I going to do lose my job over this like I can't do anything about it I can't I could I tried to refuse her service she kept like insisting that I served her after all this shit then I got I find security because there's luckily security there. And I'm like, oh, this lady's causing a disturbance. She won't leave. She's cursing. She's being really loud and just obnoxious. She would not stop harassing me. And he's like, okay, sure. And he comes following me. He's like, oh, that's, I forget her name now, but let's just call her <laughs> Becky because she looked like a Becky with her like fake tan, fake boobs, ugly, like brassy blonde hair, like dime a dozen out in pennsylvania but anyway he goes oh that's so and so she's fine and walks away i'm like you fucking kidding me and that's one of the times where i knew like they ain't out for us they're just out for whoever takes care of them and i found out that her dad like owns half the city and this stuff like of course this entitled white woman's gonna walk in someone else's job and like talk shit no nothing's gonna happen to them so after that that was pretty bad and my job didn't back me up at all the manager on duty she was ready to beat the girl's ass with me she was like i was about to lose my job for you like the some of the managers they were really cool but like the higher ups they didn't give a shit they gave so to segue from that um not only were the customers crazy and rude and again not really tip you um the co-workers sometimes would be kind of nuts one one time we had like five pregnant ladies at once working there oh lord like, sounds like my high whatever. school math class <laughs> right i mean like things happen whatever your life but like they're mostly younger too and they're just it's just the imagery of five pregnant ladies just walking around serving it was just wild so funny <laughs> one of them would get like fucked up like drink and smoke weed and I'd be like, girl, what are you doing? You literally have like a baby. Like that was the ratchetness and stuff that was going on at Johnny Rockets. And then you had like, uh, I might have been one of these people, but um, I was kind of dating somebody I worked with at the one point. Um, <laughs> but then that didn't You can well save this all. story. You can save this story. I'm just fine. Well, I don't care. All I was going to say is that I ended up um, getting promoted to a manager because once again, like I was saying, I killed it. And um, the first incident that was really like eye-opening to me is they had this thing called Party on the Patio, which was like, so it was attached to a horse racing field or whatever you call it, a racetrack. 
<laughs> sounds like Race a low track. budget kentucky derby because i've actually it, been to this casino as coming listen. full circle you you actually showed <laughs> me this johnny rockets and i got to see the people inside this casino and funny enough the last episode we talked about bar louis that was the last time i've seen a bar louis was yeah, in that bar casino Louis's there and that was the one night when they had like dollar burger nights that we didn't get the worst people in the place um this is literally <laughs> what we talked about because dollar burger night was the ninth if there's nine circles of hell like dollar burger <laughs> night was the 10th circle so we were so we were below that except the nights that they had bar the the dollar burger night. oh my so god they dollar would get burger the better night, people dollar beer night so uh, usually we would get the worst but that night they would get the worst people <laughs> uh, but anyway you're welcome so... <laughs> you're very welcome <laughs> um oh yeah so party on the patio honestly the horse races were kind of cute i'm not gonna lie um it was a whole thing but you would have to like pack up everything and basically make a mobile outdoors like grill and cash register operation and everything like it wasn't like you're a server you're like a cashier basically and you know an expo i guess so they felt like it's this whole like great thing and then they put you out here you're literally carrying the restaurant into like this outdoor space and they don't give you like anything to help you or anything like that so you're so i remember dragging this huge cart full of stuff like literally a deep fryer and like all of our fries burgers all this crap like through through the casino everybody's like getting in your way and nobody's like i literally have a cart full of like a restaurant that i'm dragging <laughs> through carpet and people are just like not paying any attention whatsoever and then on top of that it was like two of us were were managers and another guy was a cook so it was like we didn't have any management or anything so we were always just doing whatever and i remember the one time they still made us go out there even though it was like most likely gonna rain so we got set up and everything and sure enough it ends up pouring and i remember at one point i was doing something and the one lady that I was with was being so nasty like the whole time and we were friends before this but i just remember like pouring down rain and the cart goes rolling down the hill and I'm chasing after it and literally pouring down rain, chasing after this thing. And I made like a hundred dollars total to split between the three of us. And like, what are they doing to us out here? And like, we once there was like a thing where it, it was like a privilege to be chosen. And then when you actually get there, you're like, what the hell is this scam? Like I I'm making a pay cut. I had to do all this like hard physical labor, no management or anything with me. So that was that was strike one. Strike two is when I was still training as a manager. And so you're supposed to always be with another manager. And the general manager at the time was actually supposed to be training me that day. And then I get a text like right before the shift starts being like, hey, do you think you could be by yourself? Like, do you think you're, you can handle it? And it's just like a random weekday morning. I'm mm -hmm. like, yeah, sure. Like, it'll be fine. It'll be like chill. Usually breakfast will have like a little pop and then, you know, it's manageable and lunch is usually... You know, you have like a, a little lunch rush, but nothing we're not used to. So I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. Like, I got this. <clears throat> now, mind you, I had no idea of all the stuff that was going on that was like bubbling up before this. Like, I had no clue that one of the cooks was like taking off the schedule because he did something bad. I forget what he did. He like didn't show up or something or like showing up late. And then so they took a shift away from him. So he came in and he wasn't on the schedule. So like, again, I shouldn't even be in the situation, but I'm forced to make all these decisions now. And I'm just like, well, you're not in the schedule and it's for a reason. You can't just like work and you're not in the schedule. Like what would I, I checked with my general manager? He didn't get back to me. So I just made a decision. And 
he was supposed to, you know, be in charge of the order. So mm-hmm. what that means for people who don't know is just basically when uh, ship the shipment comes in of all the new food and stuff and produce or whatever, they have to go from the warehouse and take that order all the way and stock it like in the whole rest, like the whole back of the house. So that was his job. So then when I sent him home, I'm like, oh, crap. Now I have to do that. So, <laughs> yeah. I, but it looks good on a resume being a manager. Yes. And then I'm like working a breakfast shift. And at first it's like, fine, whatever. And then all these, again, another sh- shipment of like the flock of old, old geriatrics come in. And they all have these $10 um like $10 coupons for breakfast and none of us knew anything about this. Like nobody told us um, that they had this promotion going on and we got slammed. When I'm telling you, like this is one of the busiest breakfasts I've ever worked in my life. Like there were people packed in the restaurant, people were waiting in the um, food court and they, uh, it's like a circular casino. They were mm-hmm. in line around half the circle, not an exaggeration. Ooh, those old white like, people were ready to run amok in Johnny Rockets. Yeah, and ten, $10 for breakfast can get you, like, a breakfast sandwich, a side, maybe a, two coffees, like... I'm guessing a, with rolling. Pennsylvania prices, it's probably, <laughs> like, that's probably $20 for them. Oh, yeah. They eating good, and they still ain't tipping. No, I, I think... <laughs> I want to be made, shocked. I want to say people made decent money that day, but it was... What I'm saying, like, I had the bus, I had the hop in i couldn't just the we were struggling so i was hopping in and helping through this rush and we did it like there were some hiccups but like we we served everybody like they're like the place didn't burn down we were fine got them out and then that's what i'm dealing with this stuff so i don't even know i guess lunch was like more chill and then so i go to do this order and come back and then the guy found one of the cooks found out that i sent um the dishwasher home who didn't have a shift and he was like freaking out threatening to quit um and i didn't know how to make anything like i didn't even get to the training part where you like make all the food and stuff so i had no clue what i was doing i might have like watched i think once by that point like i was there maybe 10 days at this point as a as a manager so i just have no clue what's going on he's like screaming and cursing at me like fuck you how could you do this like why would you send him home like i'm gonna quit i'm gonna leave and now you're gonna have to cook everything accused like, by himself so I would literally have to have run the kit the kitchen. There's no way that would have happened. Um, so I just said like, no, stay. Like I won't. Like I don't know what I'm doing. And he kept threatening to leave. And I was like, if you don't do your job, I'm gonna have to write you up. And then he like went absolutely ape shit, was screaming, cursing me even more, and then slapped me in the face. Oh, uh, and- <laughs> nah. Yeah, absolutely. The fuck not. Can I stop you right here and say something? So for the description of this podcast on on Spotify, wherever you can find it on whatever streaming platform you're getting this off of, I have the description for this episode as people retelling their shifts from hell. Now, not all they don't they're not always shifts from hell. Sometimes they're funny. Um, sometimes they're this, sometimes they're that. What you just described is a literal shift from fucking hell. Oh, yeah. first off old white me old white people can't do it <laughs> being because <laughs> that that busy rush where you just like literally like you you don't even have time to breathe i know how that feels and then someone slaps you yeah. oh yeah that, no that place gonna burn the fuck but that was towards the end 
and we had uh, one of the dishwashers there. Um, her name was Mia, and she was so funny. She's like, she's older, like petite woman, but like from Brooklyn, like a real one, and just so funny. Had like the smokers, like big Ange kind of voice. <laughs> and big she, hands. <laughs> and she saw it happen, and she when he like went back in the kitchen, and she was like, "I can't believe that just happened." Like she did, like speechless, and then. Like the next day, I was called in to talk about it, and I guess she like told the managers what happened, and it was so funny afterwards because I just knew that was like the end at that point. I mean, I got slapped in the face. Now, oh, did it yeah. cause me any harm? You got more than no. a write up if it was me. And that's the thing; I couldn't really do much about. I wasn't about to grill for the past like the last three hours of my shift, and I had no clue what I was doing. Like, I didn't really have an option. I had to go get this delivery still, so I like go and get this order, and I'm lugging it like so dripping sweat down the hallway again, like another big ass cart that I'm dragging to this casino, and I'm just like, "What am I doing? I have a bachelor's degree from a top twenty five university." what am I doing for making two ten dollars an hour so that was another thing they put me as ten dollars and I was gonna like ask because I had a degree to bump me up like another dollar like that was something so generous so that was like the conversation I was about to go on but that ended up being one of my last shifts I think I worked like two more days after that then I went on vacation and yeah I never came back I wrote like a scathing email um uh quitting like in in a rage and it was funny my sister ended up staying she came back from school in the summer and she uh mm-hmm. went back and one of the owners who knew me actually because i was there so often i would see the owners i would literally one time they saw me like come in when nobody else came in uh, because there was a snow day like the snow was really bad that year like every yeah. single monday every single monday i don't know why it was snowing and i even like hit a guardrail and i still made it into work and it was only me and a manager taking the whole restaurant. And because it was in a hotel, it was packed. And like they came in and saw me like do that. Like they knew me. They knew like how I run shit basically. And so my sister was there and she didn't know them at this point because she was in college. She'd be there like a couple months in and out. And he was like, so how do you like work in here? And she was like, honestly, I hate it. It sucks. Just the other day, this cook slapped my brother in the face and they didn't even fire him. Like, all this stuff, and it ended up being the fucking owner. <laughs> Whoa, Luckily. wait, the owner of all the Johnny Rockets that have ever existed? No, but he's, like, very... Like, he's, like, the owner of that one and, like, a couple other ones and, like, big ones, yeah. So he's, like, a big deal. <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's the thing. He needed to hear that. that he needed to be told about himself. As she shouldn't. Her- Apparently he, like the cook, um, was suspended and was sent home that day um, after she said that. And only a couple of days later, though, he came back. So he was supposed to be gone for like a while and they just brought him back probably because they were shorthanded. So I'm like, that's just the industry in a nutshell. And that made me never want to manage again. Um, and like I said, even though it didn't hurt, he's still like, it was like he hit me and then stopped, if that makes sense. Like the momentum just like stopped. And I think he realized like, oh shit this was like like a bad idea yeah so it was like okay Uh, i'm gonna just leave and that was one of the the last days and i'm so glad because that transitioned to my next job which was 
so much better, but I mean, it had its share of problems, which we'll get into. Before we get into <laughs> the next job, this is just a very big signifier that corporate America sucks. The thing with your sister telling the owner that his job is shitty that he provided, he needs to do better as to make the working conditions better for his workers. Yeah. I, I think we're at a point in time where like people aren't going to do this shit anymore. Um, we didn't know better back in the day. At least I didn't when I was in my early 20s working these kind of jobs and I was kind of just letting people like walk all over me. But you that's know, some shit. This is the thing that I did. And the stories, that's the thing too. So yes, I would see my sister with these wads of cash, but I'd also hear for like these crazy stories about being harassed and like the old creepy men that would come in. Um, and even the other coworkers, like a lot of them, honestly, even me, I would say like, they go for anything with a hole in the heartbeat because <laughs> <laughs> it was like mostly girls there but if it was like me and all girls on a shift or no sorry if it was no girls and it's all guys and me on a shift I would be the one that they hit on and like say weird pervy shit to and like make all these unwanted advances to and just kind of like go with it because what are you going to do you're with them like the entire shift but I remember too like it was so funny I would tell my sister like they can't do these things like you have to be able to take a break lol <laughs> i learned quickly that's not a thing and then not only that but if you uh, like not you in know, illinois either if you go and like eat they would try to make you clock out or they'd like edit the timesheet to like for your break to eat which is totally not legal <laughs> but again that like what are you gonna do like uh what johnny are you gonna rockets do? <laughs> it sounds like something they would do i've actually still yeah. yet to go to johnny rockets oh wait hold on no i take that back we did have johnny rockets that doesn't count yeah that was the you have to have the whole dining and experience um uh, i mean i don't want to hear them sing. i don't want to hear them um, that's <laughs> but too, yeah. too much so but the thing is funny too because i went from that which was like so you know you work so hard you have no support staff you're not making that much you make decent amount but on the, on the regular you're not making like amazing money so then after that i get a job in philly the middle of that summer and i don't even know how i got it on the spot i again only ever worked at johnny rockets and this was a nice hotel right in old city and i didn't think about it at the time but it was right near the Liberty Bell and Independence Hall. So it has like all the tourists you can imagine from like all walks of life, just like hilarious people. So one of the funniest thing too was, of course, with the tourists, there would mostly be like uh, big groups of Europeans or Asians and the groups of Asian tourists would just be so funny because it's like a totally different culture. So they're just staring in the window <laughs> and just like standing there like this, like with their, uh, their hands around their eyes, just like, in a row like five of them just be like chilling staring at you and then, <laughs> and then you'd see like the the guide i guess the tour guide with like the hat and the flag like raises flag and they all go running like a pack of 30 people oh just so funny i don't know why it cracked me up you just be like looking outside witnessing all this stuff happen and then like the european ones too i remember i think it was fourth of july weekend of course crazy pack the parade literally went right in front of our hotel so I remember, um, so in the restaurant, the line would be open to the floor. So you would walk, like walk in from the front door, then you have the, like the dining room floor. And then behind that, the line with the cooks and everything and the service stations pretty much all exposed. Mm -hmm. Service station was kind of in a nook, but you could see like everything happening, like in the kitchen, which is not that normal, I guess, in a restaurant. So people 
aren't really accustomed to it so this do funny shit so one time uh this man comes over and he's just holding a baby in his arms and the baby's hanging over his arm like right next to the line like uh there's hot food right there like michael like- jackson you know how he's like holding the baby over the railing was that that's what was going really, on yes that's a great picture <laughs> because that's exactly what it was like just like looking at what's going on i remember one of the runners standing there like looking at them like bitch is you serious just like holding the baby over this like hot line there's heater lamps there's knives there's silverware there's huge piles of plates and just like sounds like a baby's playground if you ask me i like not only can something happen to them but they could puke like oh my god yeah who knows and then later I see the same baby like crawling around the floor. I'm like, what in the world? It's just a whole different culture. And what is up like- with people going to restaurants and not watching their kids? I've I don't worked know. at so many restaurants where they just let their little gremlins run just like all up and down. And there was even at some points where like the owner was like, yo, can you come get your kids? Like this, <laughs> yeah. this ain't Chuck E. Cheese. This is a, like an actual establishment. Like not that Chuck E. Cheese isn't, but you know, that's Chuck E. Cheese is a place where kids can be a kid. That's so funny <laughs> too. Cause I won't listen. I don't care. I mean, I won't do anything crazy with a kid that is not mine, but I will tell them what's up. Like, I remember um, fast forwarding a bit to uh, another job I had. Um, that hotel job was these little kids and they ran up. We used to have these couches and they ran across the couches and like jumping around and nobody says a thing in their party. So I'm like, all right, I don't care if I'm behind the bar. I'm going to walk out there and tell them, no, you can't do that. Like you're not allowed to run on the couch. Please sit. That's all I said. I said it very sternly and I went back to the bar and everybody was like, oh my God, I can't believe you just did that. Like you were so good and they listened. I'm like, yeah, you have to tell kids what to do. Like they're Camp not- counselor if, Josh if nobody, over here. <laughs> if nobody's telling them, like, of course they're just going to run rampant and do whatever the hell they want, but you just have to be like stern and again, like not step out of line or like do like be a parent to them, but I guess kind of in a way. And also, if those kids get hurt, whose fault is that? Is not the parents, right. uh, according Absolutely. to them. They're going to blame the restaurant. They're going to blame you for not watching your kid. Like, look, I signed up to be a bartender. When I filled out this application, I was, I'm was i a server. I'm not this other extracurricular stuff that people want you to be when you work in restaurants. They want you to be a photographer. They want you to be a psychic. They want you to be a, a, a babysitter. Okay, I don't... I. I, I I know how you feel about taking pictures of people, but I honestly don't mind when people ask me that. And for the reason is because, especially with traveling a lot, I feel like there's this thing as like picture taking karma. Like if you're nice and take someone's picture that they don't have someone do it for, it's different if it's not my table. If it's not my table and someone grabs me like, hey, can you take a picture of me? I'm like, ask your server. Like, no, that's not me. But if it's my table and I'm like, you know, having a little rapport with them and getting to know them. Yeah, sure. I'll take their picture. I want to have them have a memorable time, whatever. The thing with pictures and why I hate it so much and nobody that I worked with understood it either. Like, why do you hate that so much? It's because every single time that I got stopped to someone asked me to take a photo of them, it was always at my busiest time. I don't know why 
it was just like my beads of sweat pouring out my forehead I got <laughs> plates in my hand like you clearly see I'm like distressed I'm like can you take a picture of us oh, and yeah, not only does. that and not only that but when I do like get the actual phone when someone hands me their phone people aren't paying attention they're just like come <laughs> here we're trying to take a photo I mean like it takes too much time to corral everybody so during that I've wasted five minutes just and I haven't even taken the photo yet so that's why I always hated it because people just can't get it together I'm doing stuff I'm busy like if we want to take some photos like after the shift like that I don't <laughs> mind but during I'm yeah. busy leave me alone <laughs> damn it's, so you're just talking about too when people aren't paying attention so that's one of my biggest pet peeves is like big parties where you're like going around and people haven't looked at the menu yet or not paying attention or don't even know where they are and that's like one of the things for me that's this job in philly even though it was like big upgrade i was making a lot more money um it was a lot more legit at the same time it was hard <laughs> it was very hard to like remember all the stuff that i never had to remember before like totally different menus and then on top of that i never encountered like suits before so by suits i mean business people and we'd have a ton of them there. So they would come in usually a lot at lunch or they'd come in from out of town and stay at the hotel. And I just don't understand what those kind of people, um, I'm sure other people in the industry get this too. They come in and check their brains at the door. It's clueless. like, you, I literally was you know, say, yeah, they're so clueless. you know, they're, they're smart. You know, they have to be like, you know, do they're doing very well in life. You can tell by their, you know, like Visa diamond card or capital or no, I'm sorry, American Express platinum or black car like i've gotten those cars before from people who you like how do you go about your day like how do you do anything without someone holding your hand like i i, I remember one of these <clears throat> things i mean i don't currently serve that's why i'm talking in the press tense but i remember one of the things that would kill me the most of, of going going up to a table and you know asking if they're ready yet and they'll just not know what they'll not even know what i'm asking them or like <laughs> they haven't even looked at the menu yet or they look at me like I have free heads. I'm just like, what do you want to eat? Like, it's that bad where they just don't even understand etiquette of how to do something as simple as order their food. Like, that stuff just drives me nuts. I know exactly. Before you even said it, I just knew. I was like, yeah, the suits people, take them or leave them. They're very clueless. They don't really understand, like, restaurant lingo and how things work. Oh, I'll say I'll something... <laughs> I was, I was gonna like, say, if something's getting comped or if like your company you're putting on your company card, there is no reason not to tip well. Especially like if I'm doing if some if I'm someone doing your like reimbursement forms, I'm like, this cheap ass couldn't even tip on his company card. Like, how does that make you look? But that's the thing that they don't know that though. And I'm not saying <laughs> that that's an excuse, but again, with the restaurant etiquette, they are so clueless that they don't understand <laughs> tipping. Yeah, that's true. And I will say that, um, and I didn't have to really deal with these people that much, but I will take the suits over the entitled Sunday church crowd any day. You want to talk about Oof. the worst fucking yeah. people ever. I hate people who hide behind this facade of I'm religious and I go to church and mm, I'm looking down on you because you have to work today. So I'm not going to tip you. Oh, now, yeah. bit, <laughs> now, bitch, what kind worst. of sense does that make? Working? They're the worst okay. people. So another thing about this job too was I, I, I did breakfast at Johnny Rockets too. So I used to go and work the early morning shifts, but at this restaurant in Philly, breakfast, like I would work about 4 a.m. to go to work and brunch, like 
you had to be there i want to say at like seven so i had to wake up like 5 36 a.m for brunch so you're getting no, there already so tired usually and either hungover or still like i will say one time i was still drunk and i don't i'm not one to like drink on a job which is something we'll get to you know people would or people would come in like from the night before and i will say one day i came into breakfast or through a brunch shift still drunk from the night before I like didn't sleep just went right back into the shift but let me tell you I was like the most personal person ever I was making great tips I mean I was like fumbling around some like glassware and stuff but <laughs> no one noticed and sometimes you know you're a little more bubbly when you're feeling some type of way you're not wrong I used to <laughs> love to get a little toasted during my shifts again I was the most personal nice happy-go-lucky hey guys what can I get you today yeah. like, <laughs> like you want some orange juice you want some coffee How's your morning? Like at 8.30 a.m.? No, usually I would not be that chipper. Yeah, and like no, we were same. saying that with the Sunday crowd, um, yeah, they would be pretty bad. Even like like holidays, especially holidays on a Sunday. So like Easter, Mother's Day, Father's Day. Oh my goodness. Just the most demanding, but all at the same time like rude and just like, yes. why are you doing so much? It's like all Easter yes. Sunday. It's Easter Sunday and you're playing musical chairs and demanding, like, a, like I remember having a section. So it would, there was two floors of this restaurant, the top floor or the mezzanine. Um, you had like the bigger tables, and that was where the fun shifts were, though usually, because you'd be up there. Like managers ain't paying attention. They're downstairs. They'll come up by like once in a while, but usually it's a party. Like and that place too. Like I don't, I got so lucky there. That place was like family. We all got along so well together. Like I've never had a job to this day that was just like the most perfect people. Um, that was I like me with Home Slice. There. That was like yeah. my little experience with that. Just a great group of people. So whereas like the last couple jobs I had it was more like my coworkers that drove me crazy. This place was more like just random customers that just did not have a clue usually or like so demanding. So they would be like taking their, everybody's making their orders on this Easter. I just remember vividly. And then like get up and change tables. So say if you're like downstairs getting something. So it's, you have like run downstairs. Um, we did have elevator, but sometimes that would get a little long to wait for. So you're like running downstairs to get all your stuff. By the time you come back upstairs, people are just like in different tables mm -hmm. and i'm just like oh my yeah. goodness and there you did have help we had like all the help there like you had your your hosts uh runners bussers bartenders barbacks you had everything but you'd still you know get taken away and doing stuff and just so when the runners are coming up you look like an idiot because they're like trying to put it at the seat number and table number that you gave them and people are like looking at you like i don't know what i got that's another thing like you come and they like announce their food so like i got the burger everybody's looking at each other and me like they just landed on earth like two days ago <laughs> like i just <laughs> just people why do you do that i didn't have to deal with them that much i will say because i the only time i ever really had to deal with them was when i worked at applebee's which was my first serving job ever after that i worked at more like hipper bars where church people don't frequent thank god that's why i applied at those places um but yeah the church people always playing musical chairs and they always had the nerve to be like um so why aren't you at church bitch why are you like oh uh, luckily i never got if that. i wasn't here who would be taking care of you if i was in church yeah. you wouldn't <laughs> like so don't worry about what i'm doing like right. i'm not i don't care about where you guys be going doing and talking and eating and shit like um it was also yeah, no, funny weird to me <clears throat> i just remember too when i mentioned there was an elevator 
uh so that was really funny that was the first time i ever had had an elevator and it was just like it it was a little confusing at that hotel though because you walk in and the restaurant's there but then you have like you have one elevator that's gold i remember specifically it was gold and you go further down it's like black elevators i believe so like the black ones are for the guest rooms the gold one was the service elevator but there were no signs or anything that said this it looked pretty different to me you're not just gonna go in this random elevator you know, that's gold. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like, it just doesn't look like a regular elevator. But anyway, people would randomly come in there. So I'd go in to take whatever downstairs, and get in the, go, go to get in the elevator. And like random old people would come, like, come walking in, like all confused. Cause when they come up from the elevator, it's where our, like our bus bins and everything would be like our, um, what do you call oh, the breakdown station. That's where the breakdown station would be. So we'd randomly get people like wandering in the, up there sometimes. And, I remember one time I was like holding a tray full of a ton of um, uh, drinks and then the, the door opens and someone tries to be like, is this go up to the rooms? I'm like, lady, <laughs> <laughs> I only have like four beers and five cocktails on my hands, but um, yeah, right this way. Oh my goodness. That was really funny there. And also though, working on that mez level, not only did the managers not really pay attention, so behind there too, was a spiral set of staircases or spiral staircase that was like hidden and people always forget about it. And I've heard that people like did some like sketch things there, like, you know, doing a nasty. <laughs> like, who? We don't need to get into this too much because I know where this could go. But, but yeah, who no. is getting horny at work? Well, also, I heard that was before I was hired there. But it, but when I tell you, it was they like, were saying just... stuff though too. When I got hired at Apple, they're like, yeah, a manager gave one of, or one of the waitresses gave the manager a blowjob. I'm like, ew, why? Who is so, doing God. this at work? Wait till you get I off. Know. I will like. <laughs> This, at work. This, this area was so private though that i'm like oh people could definitely get away with this so not only did they have that but they had a whole like storage room and everything I have some drugs but that's <laughs> that it. It. um and then uh so that place also led me to where i would end up too though because i started filling in as a bar back because i needed some more help <clears throat> and i just went in there and I didn't really know much about it, but I think it was a hard worker. So I just jumped back there. And as that same week, um, I had a couple of incidents. So <laughs> the first thing was we had these private events. So they'd be like this really, it's called like chef's table. And then another one was, um, I forget. I think Ooh, it was like the Netflix Sh- show? Yes, but it was actually like chef's table. Oh. <laughs> and then, <laughs> it's actually kind of cute. It's underground. And then after that, there's a room called Shanghai. They called it. I don't know why they called it Shanghai. Um, but that was like a private dining, like huge, long, formal dining tables. And the one time they, so this all happened like in a couple of weeks, like just shit was going down. I don't know why, but I guess it was in the universe for me not to stay there. Um so like I said, I was filling in this bar back, like I'm doing like bending over backwards for this place, like working patio shifts outside, which was like another crazy, like, like sometimes I'd be working out there and taking people's order and it's raining. I'm like, why are you sitting down? And I'm standing in the rain. Like I would do all this stuff for them. Like mm-hmm. they'd be so shift. oblivious. They'd be so right. oblivious too. So then be soaking remember, wet. Right. And they're just like, mm, I don't know. Should I have the chicken or should I have, uh, I'm like, uh, <laughs> excuse me. Um, but anyway, yeah. So, the, but I love the the private events and the one though we it was a Game of Thrones steam thing and it was like so expensive. It was like a hundred bucks or something to get a ticket. So we're like, oh, we're gonna make 
bank, we had um, usually like an auto gratuity set up with them. And sometimes they'd tip on top. So for this one, they did it like on Eventbrite or something. So when time came to pay up, they didn't put it on our checks. And we're just like, uh, there's like a big amount of money missing here. And they're just like, well, we don't know like how we're getting that money from it because we've never done this before. And this and that and that. I'm like, yeah, but you're like a billion dollar company and you're not going to like just give us our tips. Like that's on y'all. You can figure that math out. But on our end, we figured our math out and it's not included in that party. So what you <laughs> the math do? ain't math then. And I'm the one of the people, anybody that knows me or has worked with me knows that I am one of those people that will email everybody. I will CC all and put the managers on blast. I will make bullet points. I will make numbered lists about all the things that we have complaints about. And like uh, that backfired on me. Ooh, I mean, the managers didn't like that very much, but I'll tell you what, people for the most part really appreciated sticking up for them because they really tried it a lot of the times with us. Like this situation, it was weeks and weeks before they paid us. It got to a point where I was like, all right, either you're paying us or I am taking your ass to court. <laughs> um, but that same, I think it was either the same week or the same event, I was carrying plates up those like really narrow, like sharp stairs and I tripped. I like skinned my shin like really bad. Like it was bleeding. And I dropped the plates down the stairs and it was so loud. And you could it it was like a cartoon. The plate was just dropping like one step after another, like so slowly, like all 30 steps down. <laughs> like this would be my life. And so I had to like miss a day. And then I went back in for my I think it was either my next shift or two shifts after that. Um, it was like really busy and like I said earlier we had a patio section and it should have been closed by this point because we had like an hour left before we closed and there was still a good amount of people in the restaurant but again there's like two people serving at this point so we're about to close the whole place is full and I see people outside instead and we had this huge cart it reminds me of like an island in the kitchen huge wooden stone like really heavy thing fold mm -hmm. with filled with like plates utensils all the stuff we had to set the tables outside so I'm like, oh God. And it's like specific stuff to outside. So I go to pull the cart from like where it's sitting against the wall. And it must have just been like loaded either unevenly or something or off balance. But either way, I went to pull it and it just fell over onto my foot. It hurt so bad that I had to like literally hop off the floor and I went downstairs and it was like my foot was all bloody. Like I had some people help us or help me out you know, get me like bandaged up. And I got a taxi to the hospital with one of my friends. Uh, shout out to Samir. It was just, it was really hard. I ended up getting um, a sprain. It's called Liz Frank sprain. So it's basically a really rare injury that happens when there's like a crush injury. So I guess like it's most common when you get like car crashes, like in like the front of your car, it's like smashes in your foot, stuff like that. Or, mm -hmm. or heavy furniture people dropping their foot so it's a really rare kind of thing and it knocked me out of work for months like it was almost a full year before i went back to work um i couldn't oh, run for wow. almost a year I, I wore a boot for like three months um was i was gonna ask if you wanted to bring this up because this is trauma and i don't want to i don't i don't like people reliving their traumas because you know my injury and really like people asking oh, me no. so i didn't know if you were gonna bring this up or not so I mean, thank you for this yes but i also like i can't go into too much of detail because i ended up going to court um so i can't talk about the terms of what happened but um long story short 
I was hurt really bad. Um, we got a little tussle about it and I no longer work there. But, you know, everything worked out the way it was supposed to. I mean, that really proved to me, too, that you really are just a number to them. You could do blood, sweat, and tears, bend over backwards. You don't matter. You're just a number at the end of the day. Mm, I learned that the yeah. hard way with that place. Like I said, though, I met like that family of people. Um, just one of the best places I've ever worked in terms of my coworkers. Um, <laughs> the customers, though, man. I'm trying to think of other ones too, but um, I don't want to go too long on time here. You're fine, but yeah, let's get into um, let's yeah. get into the the latest one. So it's funny though because all these little setbacks kind of like launched me to where I ended up after that. So, like with with that job in particular, after that whole ordeal, I guess like during after um, I was in the process of moving, so I was trying to figure out what to do next because my time in Philly was great, but I was like, all right what's next i can only do so much here um so i ended up coming back to la after a little hiatus i literally just like on a whim packed up all my stuff in my car drove all the way back to la moved back and uh it was hard i could not find a job for months and months and months and it was also hard with my foot like i kept having these like treatments and stuff but it was taking a while to get better and I was finally getting back on my feet, literally. I did, you know, a little stunt or a little stint, sorry, at um, a part-time job, but it wasn't nearly enough to even remotely pay the bills. So then I finally got a job at a bar and a really new, like, hip bar in West Hollywood. Um, I guess all I'll say about that is it's on the Sunset Strip and it's hip. <laughs> it's really <laughs> nice, you guys. Again, I don't want to give away the name uh, just out of respect, but it is a really nice place. It's so funny, though, because with each place like this, I mean, not Johnny Rockets, but <laughs> you get there. Like, Ruby oh, Tuesdays. This is really nice. And I will say that place in Philly was ran very well, like in comparison to other places I worked, like they really knew what they were doing, but that was like already established. This place was interesting because... I was there for opening basically because I started right after we opened. So, and they renovated and reopened. So, I helped open twice this one place. And opening is just like a lot. I, I heard you reference it when you went to that one job and helped open, but it is really like you are starting this place. Like, you are. That's the unwrapping. second job I've had where I've had to help <laughs> yeah. them open. So. You are unwrapping cups, you're taking stickers off off of glassware you're you're literally like taking stuff out of boxes for the first time it's it's pretty wild um and for me too it was like i was very rusty at that point and i've never been a bartender before i've only bar back so i was like shaking like pouring anything like i was very rusty and very like nervous about this like come up and like i said i had, I had serving experience at this point i was very confident in that but i was hired as a bar back and i didn't really know much about spirits or I knew about beer and, and some about wine, but I didn't really mm -hmm. know about cocktails. I didn't know how to make stuff. And I was very like intimidated. This place is funny because it, I, I learned very quickly that it can be five star. It can be two star. You'll still get the same kind of people like faking <laughs> it till they make it. Like you think you're not wrong. You think like, oh, this place is so bougie. Everybody has to know all the menu items and all the allergens. Like everybody has to be legit. Wrong, wrong. I learned that so quickly. <laughs> it, it was like maybe a few weeks and I was like basically holding this place together. Like I was a bar back. 
and I was making a lot less than everybody else, and I was making this place basically run at some point. That's the beauty but... of barbacks. <laughs> Most barbacks I know are the glue that holds the yeah. restaurant together. They do every single thing. And to anybody out there listening to this, I really highly recommend if you're get, wanting to get into a bar into bartending, don't take those courses or go to bartending school. You do not need to do any of that. It's a scam. Most of them too, you don't even work with the actual spirits. So you don't even know what anything tastes like. Just get your foot in as a bar back, do the hard work, learn about things. It's it's funny too, because people think you just are like polishing glassware, which believe me, you do the hours and hours of polishing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like a lot of times you'll step in and make drinks. Like that was how I was learning because we had like a controlled soft opening. So they intentionally made it slow the first couple of months. I was able to learn so much on the job. Um, they were really great with letting me taste things. Again, they had the zero policy, zero tolerance policy about drinking and getting drunk. They let you taste like everything, drink-wise, food-wise. They're really good about that. <laughs> that didn't stop but, one of your coworkers. Oh, yeah. So, but they, that was the thing. They, they said it and they meant it. They, there's been so many people that would drink on the job. I just don't get it. I get, I get wanting to have a good time, like, you know, take a little edge off, but the people that go in and just get like blackout drunk on their shift, like, well, I don't know what you're trying to do here, but that's not a good time. Okay. I worked at a place and I love this girl to death. If she's listening, I'm not going to say your name. You're one of my peoples, but this girl, <laughs> I came... know who you're talking about. well, you might not actually, this girl um, came to work high off of shrooms and tried to wait tables. And she got fired the same day. Cause the manager noticed and was like, why are you like tripping out when you're going to talk to these people like (laughs) (laughs) what in the fuck is going on uh yeah i don't know what like you should have just called off work like like i'm one to like hit my pen here and there and go to work but like i just don't i'll never understand that wait who did you think i was gonna say you don't have to say the uh, name you can describe the situation uh she's a she <laughs> literally anything would give it away we could talk about it another time <laughs> okay i mean the listeners don't know but but anyway um i forgot where i was going with all this people were oh because you were learning how to bartend. oh yeah learning how to bartend and you know it's it's funny how it just it's everything kind of worked out i always wanted to bartend like after serving i wanted to bartend and i was able to learn by uh having all this time to do it but when i tell you like they just this place did not know anything about anything right or like forward thinking or planning ahead or anticipating anything was always reacting to some crazy stuff going on and it was just like bending over for everybody it was like big customers always right mentality which i do not agree with customers are wrong frequently and there's one there's i so what i like to say is that i'm really good at telling somebody to go fuck themselves but them not having any clue like it goes over their head like i just will put it to them so like blunt factually and Mm -hmm. like matter of factly that like nothing i'm saying is like disrespectful or wrong but like I'm really saying like fuck you dumbass and they're just like oh okay <laughs> I wish I could come up with like a specific example but I'm very that energy with some people or, or they're like you know I'm, I'm doing something I'm making 10 tickets literally of drinks I have people in front of me I have a full bar I have maybe once in a while I'll take a table too 
and someone's like demanding I make them a drink or like asking where their drink is. I'm like, you are not the only person here. Um, that's one of the things about bartending too, is like, you can't escape. That's a big thing about the difference between that and serving is you're stuck behind that bar for the most part. And our place is a little different because it's a big hotel. And sometimes they have to run and get stuff from the kitchen and maybe be gone for a minute or two, but you're there. Like you are stuck there. You are dealing with whoever is, you know, being a drunk mess at the bar or like talking about the most mundane things like you really are people's therapists sometimes and they'll go on and on and not like get the hint you'll be like okay wow that's wild or like that's crazy and then they keep going and like, you can only fake laugh so many times i like sometimes i'll just walk away and be like you fake ass bitch talking about myself because <laughs> you just have to when in doubt throw a fake laugh or be like haha yeah See, that's yeah. why you're better than me because I, uh, the, my approach was when I started serving was that I also wanted to be a bartender because I always thought it was cool. So I would just watch the bartenders when they make drinks. And if we were slow enough, I'd be like, hey, the next ticket that you get, do you mind if like you show me how to make it? Or do you mind if I make the next couple ones if it was slow enough? But the thing about bartending was I never want to be, I never wanted to be stuck behind that bar. I hate people like looking at me. I don't like people who are just like, <laughs> want to talk to me about, like you said, mundane stuff. And I'm just like, ooh, I hate I mean, faking it till I make it sometimes. I can't you- do it. Get, you do get used to it and i will say there are some skills especially like that I was saying that story about the counter at johnny rockets it's kind of like that similar thing like when you're put in those situations and you just have to you know write out your shift or write out that until that person leaves i don't know it builds something you need to like be more resilient and like the more like little trivial things aren't as big of a deal I don't know. I actually really love most of the thing about bartending, but let me tell you, it definitely does have its drawbacks. And that was one of them, especially when it was like some like a regular and you just cannot like every single day they're coming to you and like the same BS or the same like, oh, my girlfriend don't mean I don't know why. Which is which is who I was going to bring up. You're spilling your whole tea to me and I don't know what to say. Also, you're kind of a scammer. (laughs) This is who I was going to bring up as soon as you said the girlfriend because like I knew who exactly you're talking about. So um, Josh used to work at the, I don't know know if we got into this yet, but the pool. uh, So it used to be a pool. No, not yet. We were going to get to it anyways, but this person in particular, uh, he used to be a pool server and I would come visit him on my days off, go chill by the pool, order a couple of drinks, you know, relax, decompress. But this one day in particular, there was a guy right next to me that just started talking to me. Uh, and he was saying the exact same thing Josh was just saying like my girlfriend broke up with me and she called the police on me and she said that <laughs> yeah, I beat she it. said that I beat her ass and I don't beat on women and but I would never do that and he was just like I going on this big long story and I'm just like bro like you cutting in on my day off <laughs> like I'm just trying to relax <laughs> I'm trying to hear all this but then uh, after he left you were like that's the scammer <laughs> he's the scammer yeah because and I was gonna segue into this but this place had a lot of growing pains very early on and um they closed the bar so i had to kind of like adjust and do whatever job i could to make it through so after a bartender i was a barista for a little bit and after that i transitioned or transferred over to the front desk which i had completely zero experience whatsoever in but you know i ended up killing that too um but that's where i ended up 
first running into this guy and he would like always have like a card decline or like some excuse for not being able to pay for his rooms even though he's like rich and just like such weird like like outlandish stories and like excuses and just like at the same time you're like all buddy buddy and like you're a strange dude <laughs> especially spelling all your tea about like being arrested and stuff the night before like that ain't cute boo yeah i'm always wary of people who always blast their information right off the bat especially strangers yeah. like sir chill i don't know you like that again <laughs> i was just trying to enjoy my day off sip on my margarita yeah. eat my little burger by the pool and he's <laughs> over here talking about domestic violence <laughs> like, oh there's also it's about to be domestic violence up in this pool if you don't leave me alone so going back to that that first job i had at this hotel so i worked at the lobby bar and it was a really nice place i mean you've been there plenty of times it was a, it was a nice like we thought it'd be like you know the spot where all the a-list celebs go and it's like the spot but it was more like low-key hidden gem like in the middle of west hollywood that people didn't really know about yet and it also was like in between brands so people just you know didn't really know it was up so you'd get like these random people coming in just to, like chill and just you know be like a normal person and get away from all that um kind of you know craziness that can happen in, like the hollywood circles and like the you know there's people sometimes are just too much when they see a celebrity they're like oh my god so a lot of these people <laughs> will want to go somewhere you know more low-key where they know people might not recognize them or just can you know just be themselves and that actually was really cool for me i like that better than it being like one of those spots and you i mean you still get some weirdos too i remember just some this this dude like would come in a couple times um and he like claimed to be judy garland's like long lost son and he started whipping out all these like works of art he did which is like really nice paintings but i'm like um okay sir and then he, like went over and fell asleep on the couch i'm like i, I just don't think you're julie garland's son <laughs> oh man speaking of and celebrities then, who would come in there yeah it's so a was, spot where people would roll through oh yeah and it, it wasn't it, it took time to really be one of those places where it'd be a regular occurrence but it, it did at, at, at some point and now it's pretty common but let me see off the top of my head so one of the one of the biggest people that was like a regular was Lil John and I used to love his music when I was younger and like I saw him in concert and it's a couple of times like he's a great like believe it or not DJ Lil John is like legit. I've seen him I've seen his <laughs> DJ say he's good yeah. so um I could say I know Lil John <laughs> but um What's her name? Oh, Annie Lennox. That was like really recent too. Well, the one that I wanted you to bring up, um, sorry, I'm sure Annie Lennox is great, but um, <laughs> <laughs> was your girl Candace Owens. Oh. <laughs> oh, we're gonna talk about Kesha too. <laughs> oh yeah. So Candace Owens came in when I worked at the pool. That was uh oh my goodness, it was two years ago now. When she came in, I was just like, Ooh. of course I'm the only one on at the time too. Like a lot of the times it'd be either one or two people working at the pool um again doing everything so i was the only one there about when it's time to close so not only did i not want to serve her ass but i wanted to go home uh, <laughs> damn a conundrum <laughs> and then speaking of conundrums she was like so sweet and polite i was like oh bitch i just want to like i wanted to tear her a new one and i honestly didn't care at this point about keeping my job but i was like you know what let me not like stoop down to her level and like just like bite my tongue which i did so many times at this place when the, her and other people i really should have let have it um but yeah she was like really nice and polite and just like honestly just like fine talking with some white dude 
But yeah, I really was just like seething inside. And another one too, I didn't ever have to interact with him, thank God. But Corey Lewandowski, who was one of Trump's campaign managers, he looks like a thumb. He looks like those thumbs from Spy, Spy Kids. kids. Are like, <laughs> the thumb, thumb. Oh my God, so gross. No neck having a head ass. Wait, um, but I have luckily a question, I didn't though. have to interact with him. I have a question what? about Candace. I don't like to talk about people's looks, but I always thought Candace looked a little off to me. Like um, she didn't look all mentally there. How would, like, like, does she look like that in person? No, to me, it's all an act. It's all an act and a grift to me. I was about to say, I feel like she's a grifter, which um, to me is a sign that someone is off. Like Tommy Loren is the same way. I'm just like, something ain't right with you. And you're such a yeah, grifter. No. Well, that's the thing too. If you've ever seen videos of her in the past, I'm like, mm, girl, you don't believe the shit you say. Um, um, but who else? Oh yeah. So I just wrote a couple down because I kept forgetting so like i was saying kesha so she came in actually when you were there visiting with some friends which is really funny because i just see someone coming in with like their head down and like kind of looking like they need to already be escorted out (laughs) and we had security there like that actually helped so i was not one to hesitate like if someone was doing something or popping off or way too inebriated i would take advantage of it security come get them like I'm, i'm not dealing with this i have work to do but they need to go so that's what I was thinking. And then she like plops her head down in her arms on the bar. And as I'm about to be like, uh, ma'am, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> she um, lifts her head up and I was like, oh my fucking God, this Kesha. I'm like five feet away from her. And I don't really clam up. Like they're just people. I've I've had a internship too with like red carpet events and stuff but this was just like so unexpected and like just kesha she's right there and i literally could not even i was just like hi <laughs> i couldn't even like <laughs> someone else had to take her i couldn't even i couldn't i just couldn't do it um i think i was still bar backing at that time too i wasn't bartending yet so it's like a little different i so remember I like, that <laughs> gave vividly her i remember that vividly because i was sitting literally I'm not even fucking kidding you right now. I was sitting right next to her ass. Had no idea. I literally had that it was. Like y'all talking shit. And stuff. I'm like, what? Guys, <laughs> what? <laughs> dollar I, sign. Hot. I mean, I don't have anything to report back. She seemed very nice and no, talk she, to her at all. But like the what, fact that I was like literally like I'm she seemed a little like, not six geek- feet apart from her. She she looked like she was geeking out a little bit, but from what I can tell, she was really nice and she was talking to my other friend hey, bartender. That's, that's on brand for her. So, but apparently that wasn't only she came in again because her friend was play the piano there. Another one too that was like some a lot of these two are like out of the blue. So I remember one time. They asked me to take someone. So we had a huge lobby. So our bar was like in the corner and we have like a giant lobby. And then through that, then you get to the front desk. So they wanted to have someone like sit near the front desk and be like away from anybody. It was the night of a big award show night. I forget which one. Um, and kids choice. They were like, <laughs> no, it was no, it was BET like, award. No, <laughs> it was like one of the main ones, like the Oscars or something. I was like, oh, all right, whatever. Like, I don't nothing else to do. It was completely dead. So I go over and serve the, serve her, and it was freaking. Um, I know her from Easy A, but Patricia Clarkson, she's the mom in Easy A, oh, and yeah, she's yeah. like a really well-renowned actress, like A-list, A-list. 
And I was not expecting that. And she was like so kind and polite. Same thing with Annie Lennox. Like I was gonna say, sometimes we gotta talk it's about like Annie the Lennox. biggest. She needs her sometimes time the, the biggest stars. Like, she's so polite, friends with them that were just so nice and polite. And that's just like you never know what you're gonna get. Some of them are really awful, which I'll get to one of them. But usually, really sweet. Like Taylor Lautner was another one. Like a lot of people would just come up to it when I worked at front desk. They'd kind of be like, "Where's I don't want to say the name of it, but like." where's henrietta's <laughs> <laughs> that's not the name of it but um, also rumor has it that taylor lautner smells really nice <laughs> mm. so so yes i mentioned i yeah, happen to mention on it rumor online has it. rumor has it someone got rumor has it but i was just like he was rumor like really has sweet it. it smelled good like you just never know with these people so yeah and like walking them all the way to the bar and talking to them that was cute one time i didn't deal with her mm-hmm. but kiki, kiki palmer came in my <laughs> friend <laughs> my friend uh, talked to her and everything and gave her whatever she needed but then after she left me and her just looked at each other and screamed they're like ah, and that's not the first time i've been in, in her like surrounding area she was at some party i was at in college but i don't know who it was back then so people were like Kiki palmer's here i was like who <laughs> akila and the bee and i honestly like you have, would have had at that it was like 2013 like, show me who it was back then but now i stand who else Oh, so another funny one was <laughs> Rachel Dolzel. I never seen her or anything, but I talked to her team a lot, and like she, she has I talked a team. to her on. A f- oh yeah, all these like even D-list people. She, have, but like, the thing is, like, didn't like, she say she couldn't find a handlers. job? So how is she paying for a team? Is she probably got a job just like speaking, like honestly speaking fees? And, I like, mean, I'm yeah interviews. I know she's not out here collecting <clears throat> unemployment, <laughs> <laughs> right? But yeah, no, she has like handlers and a team and like she i only talked to her like a couple times over the phone like working the front desk um so i can't really report back on what she was like but all right so there was a celebrity that you met or seen i don't know if you actually talked to him but i wanted to bring up because you got to see my twin and i say my twin because i went to oh <laughs> jay balvin oh you yeah. took oh you're not supposed to say that i've Anyway, so I went to your holiday party. I got to be your plus one. It was great Gatsby themed. I was gasped (laughs) at the decorations and whatnot. But as I'm waiting for drinks at the bar, these two girls all of a sudden just start screaming and they're coming towards me. And all I keep hearing them say is, J Balvin, J Balvin, J Balvin. And I'm like, what the fuck is a J Balvin? And they're yeah, like, 2018, not many people knew. Who yeah, was. I didn't know who he was at the time. This is way before I knew who he was. And um, they're just like, J Balvin, J Balvin, oh my gosh, it's you. And I was like, whoo. And <laughs> <laughs> they're like, oh, you're not him at all. And they're like, you look like you guys could be twins. You guys like look alike. And mind you, I have tattoos as well for the listeners um so i guess i kind of and i'm i'm not latino but i guess i could and maybe see it from afar I could look like it to some but people. especially to after meeting him nah <laughs> but like from far away uh we'll i fo- think you're better looking from far away but i will say he is oh, not sorry. he's not bad looking though and he's he was really sweet too like he was one of those that's so down to earth and just like 
honestly one of the chillest vibes i've ever come across just like very chill vibe personality everything like soft-spoken polite smiling like just really chill guy and this whole like because again like they have like their whole teams and stuff travel with them his whole like team was great everyone i interact with like nobody gave me hassles and it's hard to kind of with the like the language barrier too sometimes like I mean, they're mostly bilingual, but, you know, it's kind of hard and it would be very like, easy to communicate with despite all that. I mean, all I'm going to say is, was I knew what it felt like to be a celebrity for a good five <laughs> seconds. Let me have my yeah. my time in the spotlight, even if it was supposed to be Jay Balvin's <laughs> spotlight. <laughs> it wasn't even meant for Or me. they're like, aren't you the one that was in that Tovalo video? I wish that's what people said, but <laughs> it's not. They're like, um, do you need change? Um, anyways. <laughs> I'm I'm trying, now that you said that, I'm trying to think. Oh, yeah. Jamie Foxx is another one, too. Um, he just like randomly came with elevator it was our opening night our opening night was like years after we actually opened because this place is just so uh, such a mess and like had identity crises <laughs> like the whole like three years of was opening um but yeah he randomly came in and that reminds me too they actually bought out our bar for all-star weekend and what was that 2019 2018 2018 all-star weekend but did they have us work it? No, they had us tear down everything from the bar and move it to a whole nother restaurant in the hotel and do like a makeshift bar there. And we didn't get to interact with like any of those celebrities. Like that's the shit that job would do. They'd be like, here, take down everything from the bar, make a new bar and then take everything down and put it at the old bar and you're going to pay the same amount. <laughs> like that's the shit I can't stand when people do that. Um, just for the reference, you guys, I was actually in a Tublo music video. That's why you said that. <laughs> yes, um, to All get up in it. Uh, to get away from customer service, uh, I have a lot. That's <laughs> wow. You really had some shifts from hell. And but, I didn't even tell you about the front desk stories. Well, <laughs> but you've been working on something the past couple of months that I think that a lot of people should know about. Yeah, so um, my page is called Shift Your Perspective, and it is currently just Instagram and Facebook that I have right now, but I want to develop it into also a blog, website, TikTok, you know, just span over different types of media. Um, and it's really focused on mainly like politic elections, which I say is like election season is never ending. One thing you learn when you work in law or politics or anything like that is this is ongoing. It's always an election. There's always something going on with that. So that's another thing I want to highlight. And then as well as different viewpoints. So I like to kind of like curate different news outlets that are out there that are doing a good job at focusing on the facts that are not just like equating two sides and saying, so you decide what the truth is. No, I want to focus on facts. I want to focus on various viewpoints. I want to try to highlight different stories too that aren't really talked about and give a different perspective on things. Um, because one of my things, the whole reason I wanted to create this page and like the name of it is that I've had so many conversations with people that it's like, wow, just like that slight different perspective, like the different way to look at this issue has completely opened my mind up to a different way of looking at it. Um, so that was the meaning behind the, the name. And really what my goal is to eventually I want to have like it be like its own brand like a own kind of like media outlet I mean it's kind of what it's like now but for now it's kind of you know amplifying stories and posting about current events within my unique lens I've been told mm -hmm. so many times like you have such a different approach to this or you tell it like it is like 
know other people do it and I look at you for my news, I go to your page. So I wanted to make something different than my personal page to put out there and to kind of like, you know, try to shape the narrative in a different direction and get people to think differently about uh, different topics. So you are my go-to for politics. You've honestly taught me a lot <laughs> and I really appreciate and love you for that. What's something that's going on in politics right now that's not getting a lot of light that you think that pe- more people should be informed about? Um, well, phew, that, that's, that's a loaded question because there's really a lot going on right now that's getting swept under the rug. As you know, too, I've been really like following COVID uh, pretty much since like mid-February when I really realized like, oh, this is really starting to get like kind of crazy around the world. So for me, it's like a lot of things with that is like how certain places are handling it and how different it is depending on where you're from. Um, so a lot of the things too that I'm looking at is like, you know, some of the leaders that have failed us that people aren't really talking about. Um, so that's one of the things. And also Another issue that really isn't getting amplified that much is just how much, I guess, there's a lot of stagnation right now in federal politics, but also like state politics wise, there are ongoing efforts to roll back voting rights legislation um, throughout the country. As of today, I saw there are actually 43 states that are trying to propose voter restriction laws after this last election because they thought it was too fair and there were too many people um, participating. And this is like a nationwide push by the right to try to basically rig the election landscape in the future so that they can win. So that's like one of the biggest things, basically focusing on local and state politics that doesn't get as much light and to try to like expand not only local, but also expand to like international news coverage of these issues too, because the way other outlets in Europe and Asia, for example, they cover what's going on both here and around the world much differently. So that's kind of like where my focus is right now. Interesting. Um, Something that I did want to talk about with you before I do end this podcast is, um, and I think this is an important talk that a lot of couples should have. And not necessarily, not necessarily gay couples, not necessarily straight couples. It could be roommates. It could be anybody that you live with. COVID has been a really tough year on everybody. The 2020 up until now has really caused a detriment in a lot of people's lives. And a lot of people have lost everything and relationships have, you know, been shattered because of this. How do you think, or how do you feel, I should say, how we handled COVID as a relationship, like as a household? Um, That's a good question. Um, I think at first, especially being something so new and so just, we have no experience with something like this. Like no one alive really, unless you're like triple digits has ever experienced anything like this. So I think like at first, we didn't really understand just like the ramifications of how it would be. But I think we're also kind of like on different timelines too. Like I was getting like so into it, like in early March and people weren't really talking about it yet. Mm, Yeah, he was. So I think, (laughs) so like I was watching, you know, I watch international news and stuff. Like I'm seeing what's happening in like China and Italy. And I'm like, what's going on? No one's taking this seriously. So I think at first I was getting so wrapped up in like the, the details and like the imagery of what was going on that I definitely got a little like uh, crazy about even like going out and doing anything. I think it definitely helped that we both were in like similar situations when it comes to like, you know, we both had customer service jobs. We're both like dealing with people all the time and just instantly have that like cut off was just like completely 
like changed everything. I mean, we both lost our jobs. We both had to like deal with this uncertainty. I had some loss in my family, but I think like, despite all of that, I think the thing is that we really just like have an understanding. And also not only that, but like, we just don't really get sick of each other with each other like every single day. And like, I don't know, I feel like most people don't have this, but like, I could never get sick of you. And I feel like a lot of people, (laughs) a lot of people don't have that. And I think even with us, like we've been together for years now, but like you learn stuff about your partner and about yourself that you didn't know, or like you get pushed in these situations where I was just thinking about this today. Like we couldn't just say like, everything's going to be fine. Like you don't like, it just got to the point where we couldn't say that anymore, but yeah, just like I agree living we're both good about like living each day like day by day I think that's really helped and I think also like I don't know just um being very I think this is one thing you're good good at especially if I'm going through something is like being very soft and delicate and like knowing when to like not push someone's buttons I think is really important and also obviously like having a good sense of humor definitely helps things along but I mean, I can't lie. It's been really hard, but as long as you have like someone there to support you, I mean, for me too, I'm sure a lot of relationships have been strained and there's been moments. I mean, no one's perfect. I think in a way it's kind of like brought us closer together and we really can like, you know, get through whatever and come out on the other side even better, which I think is coming up soon. So yeah, we're both half vaccinated. So (laughs) yes, we are. Um, So I'll get my input on this. I, for the listeners, I had actually been kind of quarantining before quarantine was a thing. I had gotten into an accident and I like really fucked up my leg and Josh was there to help me out through the whole entire process, but I had to be braced up and on crutches for a good six weeks, I think. So I didn't leave the house for like two weeks and then shit kind of hit the fan with COVID. With the whole thing, I will say that me and Josh are really good about being within our own space and being comfortable with each other. Like I can be quiet and in the other room watching a movie. He can be playing his video game like we don't have to be on top of each other to coexist it was really hard for us during certain times I'm not gonna lie um and it did put a strain on our relationship but it's not something that was ever gonna be broken it was something that we were gonna work through that we were gonna get through this because I'm very thankful and very grateful for you and just being having a partner during this because there's people who mm-hmm. are single that just like live in their house by themselves. Speaking and- of which, the first day, literally, that I had by myself, I had like a downward spiral, and it set off like a bad string of a few days for me. Literally, the first day we were apart. So I can definitely attest to that. Like the amount of strength that people had doing this alone. Like I literally don't know. I can't compare because we were together almost the whole time. I'm the type of person who likes to be by myself too. So I can't imagine being forced to be by myself though. That's a different thing. If I choose to be by myself, I'm fine. But if I'm forced, no, I want human interaction. I yeah, want no. touch. I, I feel like you me. I want someone to I feel like you definitely would have moved home if I wasn't here. Oh, to save my money, I would have moved back like once everything was <laughs> sanity. But yeah. Um, but going along with this, um, 
with this conversation about being a couple during COVID and, you know, things get strained. Um, and also there was other times too, where the stuff that was straining our relationship wasn't even anything between us. It was like, we mm-hmm. moved into this apartment building and it just wasn't what we thought after we moved in. So we didn't, we, we still don't like, we're still here. Um, I like it. I just don't love it. Uh, we gonna move eventually. That's <laughs> all I'm saying. <laughs> um, so it's like weird, kind of out of place things put a strain on our relationship. But at the end of the day, like I, I love you more than anything in this world. Uh, you're my thanks soul. for putting up for me when I'm literally well, not anymore. Thank God. But I've been like listening to the Orange Buffoon for like hours a day and keeping up with everything going on. I'm sure that drove you crazy here and there. But... Oh, well, that was a thing y'all with Josh was he likes to listen to the news 24-7 and I don't No, I mean not now, that's for sure, not now but there are times, but at the same time too like you know this too as uh, like a journalism student and journalist that's what I, I call it, actual journalist whether or not we got a job in it. As a journalist, we both know you have to like keep up with current events and how news is covered and you know i'm the kind of person too that like watches stuff and like as an editor and being like oh this is what they could have done differently and why are they talking about this or why are they putting it at that angle but i do notice sometimes too like you know headphones work <laughs> i mean we've both gotten you've definitely gotten better too with like headphones and stuff and just like small things like that being considerate of your partner is like really big and i feel like we're both really good at that uh, rest in peace to the couples that didn't make it during quarantine. <laughs> uh, also, wait, can we just talk about how are there like new couples now? Like, what we all do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've noticed that too. Um, I mean, whatever. Happy for you, I guess. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, do what you got to do. I, we're, we all got a little lonely. Even if you were in a relationship, you got a little lonely during this <laughs> yeah, past year. True. So we, I can't even fake the funk because my ass was in bed crying sometimes like i hate it here i mean i wasn't really like crying but like i still hated it once in a while it was a pat it was a rough year especially the summer well between covid between everything the riots having to live through that i don't know for the people who didn't live in la la felt like at least where we live felt like i lived in west hollywood yeah west hollywood there were just helicopters literally circling when the sun went down they had the national guard in there and they had big dumpsters that would cut the street off so you couldn't drive through so they literally trapped us one one day we like woke up late and like went out to do errands like walking around neighborhood there's literally national guard members with like bayonets blocking off your street with garbage bins and like the fuck kind of handmaid's tale four o'clock curfew mind you we had an hour to get home and we didn't take us an hour to get home but think about the people that you know were far away from where they actually lived you didn't give people much time to get to where they needed to go they really treated us like it, it was scary i felt like i lived in handmaid's tale for real yeah it's definitely like big police state vibes and just like i feel like we're in this weird limbo right now because i feel like things are really chilled out also i I feel like once summer comes they can really like pick up again so i guess we'll see what happens but Um, if we got through this past year and the past three and a half years i think we have a good life ahead i yeah if we make it we made it out of this we're we're almost there we almost got that other half of the vaccine but once (laughs) we make it out of this we can literally make it through anything 
that's going to be where I end this. Thank you so much again for coming on Split Check, the podcast. Um, oh, you're I really, welcome. <laughs> I really, <laughs> really enjoyed having you. I'm glad that I finally got to give you your episode. I, I told you I was going to give it to you. I know. And I was I, ha- I was shooting blanks at first, but I knew once once we got rolling, the trauma would come back from my brain. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah and you know how i feel about trauma um <laughs> but with that said i'm hungry so we're gonna go eat some dinner and you guys stay tuned in for the next episode and then we will talk soon bye bye this is a certified hood classic